Life Audio. Hi, I'm Cynthia Garrett, and welcome to Girl Club. We'll be right with you after these messages. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with The King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. everybody. Welcome to Cynthia Garrett's Girl Club. I'm Cynthia Garrett and uh, joining me in studio this week is, uh, well, not just Christina Reynolds, one of our Girl Club tribe members and one of my co-hosts, but uh, Roger Charles, my favorite guest and also my husband. And uh, this is the place where real girls have real talk about real issues while seeking to apply real faith. But We often love to have a man on because while Girl Club is about girls fellowship, uh, girls, you know, sharpening each other to be stronger women of faith. It's about, you know, girls becoming women. You know, I call it Girl Club because I think at heart we're all little girls, Um, even even those of us who are, you know, fully grown women. Um, But it's Girl Club is a place for everybody. And we have a lot of male viewers who watch because, or who listen, uh, depending on whether you're listening on podcast or watching us live stream, which you can do right here at Cynthia Garrett Ministries YouTube channel. And if you do it that way, we can live interact with you while we're filming live every Monday. So however you're listening or watching, and you can listen on all your favorite podcast platforms, I just want you to know that men are welcome too. And I love having men and because i think it's really interesting for men and this is a lot of the feedback they give me to actually hear a woman's perspective on issues and how we think about them and how we approach them with faith really and truly men and women you know who share the same faith and we're looking at life through a christian lens here uh, should be seeking to live the same way and apply the same rules to their life and to the issues that they deal with every day. But the reality is that girls are made differently than men. And since we've been talking a lot about identity, Christina, these last weeks, um, and last week I did a solo kind of recap of where we were in identity and landed with the fact that part of our identity is that we are heard. You know, God hears us. And I issued a challenge for all of you to be better listeners to each other. And so I just want to step back a couple of sentences, though, and dive right into this conversation and ask you, Roger, in terms of identity, why are men and women made not just biologically and physically, but emotionally? And does that impact how we're made spiritually? Well, first, I mean, I want to say that we are not in the general sense made differently emotionally. In other words, we both have a heart. We both have the same emotions, anger, fear, happiness, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. We have the same, we are the same in that sense. There's no difference. And we can all both experience the same traumas, the same victories, the same 
we're the same because God says we are. Um, and we're absolutely the same spiritually. So, um, you know, Paul says there's neither, uh, you know, Jew nor Greek nor male nor female, uh, free or bond or slave. Um, so whatever condition you find yourself in physically, even a slave, you're no different than a king is before God in the spiritual sense. Right. So first let's recognize that. And, you know, one of the things I was showing you, uh, we were talking about yesterday was in Genesis, uh, God calls male and female man. And so we are all of the brotherhood of mankind. We're the same spiritually. We are both, you know, the offenses that happen today because we'll say something about the age of man or whatever. It sounds sexist. Well, no, it's not. From the very beginning, we were both called man. It's just Adam calls Eve woman because she is the mother of all living. She's Eve because she's the mother of all living. Right. Um, so he gives her a name. Um, but anyway, the word Adam just means man. Hmm. So now today it kind of means manly be, because we need it to mean more something more than what it means, which is man. Right. <laughs> just yeah. Adam just means man. Yeah. I find this fascinating just really quickly. Cause you know, as Christina knows, um, I think I've mentioned this to you. And for those of you listening, we've been deep diving into the Bible to go through the entire Bible and study the entire Bible. So we're in Genesis now and God just called men and women mankind. And that word mankind is just man, just Adam. In other yeah. words, he made, it says he made male and female. He ma made them man. Right. Or Adam. So, you know, we tend to miss this. You know, uh, it's just a context in which the, the English is translating the word Adam or man. Right. Okay. I got you, but we are different emotionally. Sure. We're <laughs> there. We're in the scripture gives us specific directions mm -hmm. that are different for women than men mm -hmm. and et cetera. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, there's gotta be differences because God deals with us differently, even though not spiritually. In other words, your prayer life, can be identical with my prayer life. Although we see a lot of women with a closer prayer life than men. It's just their nature, right? Like we see um, Mary, uh, the sister of uh, Martha, anointing Jesus with oil when nobody else even figured it out. And she's anointing him for his burial. And everybody else is confused as to why she is using all this money's worth of, of perfume on Jesus. Women saw things closer. Mary, the mother of Jesus, saw things closer than other people saw them. Um, so the relationship with the Lord, the intimacy appears to be different between men and women. Um, just what we see in scripture. I'm not trying to make a doctrine out of it. It just appears that the intimacy between women and God seems a little more close in some senses. Mm -hmm. um, not in the sense, say, Moses was very close with God, maybe more so than any other leader. He's just, other than Jesus, of course. But, you know, he's got this direct line of communication. Right. Um but that seems to be held in reserve for leaders. So did Deborah the prophetess as she ruled over Israel. She has right. an intensely close relationship with God. Right. So whereas maybe Samson did not. Right. But Gideon did. Yeah. So it seems to be held for leaders to have this virtually uh, open communication. Right. It just, you know, just, and, and look, you know, we're going to, we're going to charge forward because we could probably do a whole, you know, a whole series of talks on 
whether or not there is a difference between, you know, men and women emotionally and spiritually in terms of how we relate to God, how we receive God. And I have a lot of my own theories about the fact that, you know, I often make the joke that, you know, girls just want to know, you know, if we're going to heaven and guys want to study revelation because they like the the dragons and the wars and the blah, blah, blah. I just, you know, I think that there are certain things about the way guys or men are made that we do experience things a bit differently in our, you know, God created identity, you know, in our, in our genders. Um, but I, I think, I think what we, what we are exactly the same about are just sort of these qualities that we've been going through the last number of weeks here as to what we are actually in our identity, you know, and just to do a quick recap, we've looked at the fact that our identity, you know, is about being a saint, you know, God calls us a saint. Uh, The second is that he says we're blessed. So you're blessed. The third thing you need to know about your identity is that you're appreciated. Like you're actually appreciated by God, your life, how he made you, who you are, you're appreciated. Um, The fourth is that you're saved. And I loved this because I like to think of being saved as not only am I saved, but since Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that means today I'm actively being saved still in every moment I'm saved and I will be saved, you know? So I love to make it a very active word in my life, you know, this, this, saving grace of Christ. Um, The fifth that we looked at is that you're reconciled, which has a lot to do with forgiveness. You know, Jesus uh, died on a cross so that we could be reconciled to God through Christ. Because when you especially start studying the Bible, and if you start in Genesis where we are, you realize that we have a lot to be reconciled to God for. Like mankind, since the very beginning of the fall, has been capable of doing some wicked stuff, like wicked stuff. I mean, when you think about the fact that God destroyed the earth with a flood, right? And that Noah was the only man he found who was not corrupt on the earth, right? Noah and his lineage were not corrupt. And then you think about like a creator destroying something that they that is precious to them that they created. I mean, I think about this as an artist. Like I never want to throw away anything I've written or painted even if it's even if I don't use it cuz it's like you gave birth to it, right? How bad must God's creation have been that he chose to destroy it and do a complete reset? And when I think about the fact that like man used to live to be like 900 years old. Now we're lucky if we live to 90. Well, his creation must have been unrecognizable to him. It must not even look like his creation. So what do we look like today? I, you know, it's questionable. Right. Yeah. It, it, it's like. I don't wow. think we even know what Adam and Eve look like. Yeah. Not in their original. Yeah. Form. So also in your identity, you know um, that you're afflicted. And this one is kind of an easy one for us to all get. We know that, you know, we live in this world where we're afflicted, but we have a promise. Jesus says, fear not, for I've overcome the world. The seventh thing that I sort of kind of got to last week in my recap, which um, I think Christina will have some interesting comments on, as you will also, Roger, is that, you know, you're heard, right? God always hears and responds to our prayers when we're connected to him through Jesus. So we're, we're told in our identity that we get to confidently express any of our thoughts and feelings to God at any time. And we, you, if you're listening now and you're hearing me now, you should expect that God will listen to you, that he'll hear you. Jeremiah 29 verses 12 and 13 says, then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Okay, I want to stop on that scripture before I get to a couple of other scriptures. Um, well, let me read let me read the three scriptures that really kind of undergird this point, in my opinion. And then let's talk about them. 1 Peter 3.12 says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So once again, God hears us. 
he hears the righteous. His ears, like he, he, I mean, this is really deep. His ears are attentive to our prayer. That almost sounds to me like he goes above, he goes one step further than just hearing us, right? And then 1 John 5, 15 says, and this is like the promise of all promise that just, I mean, I, you could live your life right here. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. That is such a beautiful promise to me that, I mean, I just like, can it possibly be true that whatever we ask, you know? Well, John goes to, to say, when we ask according to his will, we know we have what we ask for. So, you know, if we're not asking according to his will, we don't even want him to, to give us what we're asking for, right? Like it's been said, God will listen to everything you have to say because he loves you, but he loves you too much to do what you say. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, you know, I can think of a lot of prayers I prayed that I'm glad God didn't answer. Right. But is it, th- th- this is an interesting one. When we ask according to his will. Right. Okay. So this is what I believe. We know that's a, that it's according to his will that all men would be saved. So I believe that if I pray that someone gets saved, somewhere in their life, they'll get saved. I disagree with that because God also cares that they have a free will. And he cares about their free will above all else. And if there isn't anything you get out of the Bible, more than this, that God cares about mankind's free will and will not take it away from him. Because it's that free will that gives that man or woman a chance to pick God. Without free will, you can't pick. Hmm. So if he takes away free will, the minute that God does that, he then takes away the opportunity for that person to pick him. So if you want to know why he allows people to do evil, it's because he allowed you to do evil. Wow. So then what about, what about myself then? So what if I, like, what if, what about our, what about back to praying according to his will? It is not according to his will for you to take away that person's free will. Okay. Totally get that. Totally get it. Blows my theory up right there. It was really nice to think about it that way. However, uh, I suppose if I thought five seconds beyond what just came out of my mouth, I would have arrived at exactly what you're saying because you're right. So what about this? Isn't it God's will that, and, I, and I'm going to ask you questions sometimes that I already know the answer to, but I, I want you to kind of lay it out for everyone. Isn't it God's free will that everyone is healed? It, well, let's start with saved. God is not willing that any would not come to the knowledge of Christ. Yet there's many who don't. So, <clears throat> so let's talk about that. That people talk about this about God's permissive will versus His uh, versus His absolute will. In other words, God would absolutely love to see everybody come to Christ, but by permission, He allows others not to, out of their out of their choice and their free will. So you then have to ask, why doesn't God get what He wants? What's more important to God than what he wants? And it's just like you. You might want a, whatever, a hamburger. And, but you might want one from a certain place, right? And you might not be able to get it from that place, but you can get it from another place, right? Like if you're in New York, you can't have an in and out burger because they don't exist there. Well, God has uh, his perfect desire for all mankind to be saved. But his higher desire is for mankind to have uh, the ability to pick him forever. When we become saved, it's because we pick God as our highest treasure forever. He is it. For us to be able to do that, we have to have choice, which means there will be some who choose not to. Yeah. And the only thing that gets us in fellowship with God is for Christ to dwell in us and then the Holy Spirit. Well, they will not dwell in us if we are rejecting God. In other words, they won't dwell in in somebody outside of their free will. Of course. Yeah, of course. Of course. 
But this whole thing about, you know, being heard really. So I get that I get. And for all of you listening, it's easy, I think, to, to comprehend that God hears us. Although sometimes I think many of us struggle with whether or not God hears us. Like, you know, you know, I, I know, but I'm saying, I do think that a lot of people struggle with not feeling heard by God, feeling like, you know, am I overlooked? Am I not seen? Am I not heard? Am I much less listened to? Can can we start right there? Because I think so many people that pray and ask God don't sit in wait. Yeah. Agree. To let God talk back. Agree. Agree. Very true. I do that sometimes. Which yeah. I would also say, I think well, something that I've done in my younger years is I thought I wasn't heard because I wasn't getting what I wanted. And that has, right. if he says he hears you, like you said, Roger, Roger he's, he hears everything you say. Doesn't mean he's going to give you everything you ask for the way that you want it because he's a good father and we're young children, right? Give yeah. me the keys to the jet. I can fly it. No, you can't. You haven't even gone to school for that. You're not even like capable. Like, you know, so that is the misconception of being heard is we think maybe, maybe it is a younger generation thing, or I don't know, or an awareness factor of just as you're younger, you're going, didn't you hear me? Why aren't you giving me what I just said I wanted? Like I can think of so many numerous times that I've had the same accusation. Well, I'm overlooked. You don't see me. You don't even hear me because I kind of, you know, was like, well, I'm not getting what I want. Kind of equated that with God hearing me. Because unfortunately, we see God as like this magic genie in a bottle who has to like perform our wishes in order for him to be good, you know, in that more immature idea of like me, me, me. And, you know, so I totally hear that. Well, you, you, you nailed it. You said immature, you know, it's, it's to- totally true. In our spiritual immaturity, we act like children stamping our feet, expecting God to be Santa Claus. And there's yeah. two things we can look at in scripture about this. You have, have both where men come to God, but listening to him. And in their listening, they get instruction. And the instruction seems to have nothing to do at all with their predicament. In fact, many times the exact opposite of their predicament. Take Gideon, for example. He's got 30,000 men. The other team has 130,000, right? He's outnumbered by a lot. And he says to God, hey, we're outnumbered by a lot. God goes, Tell you what, let everybody go that's afraid. All of a sudden, he's down to 10,000 men. God goes, man, it's still too many. Take them down, let them have a drink from the lake. All the men that drank one way, get rid of them. He gets down to 300. Like I said, he's listening to the Lord and doing what he says. It seems like he's doing the opposite of his predicament. Now it's 130,000 to 300. See, it doesn't make any sense. Sometimes doing what God says that looks like it has nothing to do with what you're looking for in a victory is everything to do. We know that those 300 men ultimately end up scaring the living daylights out of the camp of the 130,000 guys. And they all freak out and start fighting each other. Who would have thought of that one? Only God. Right. Right. So there's one, there's Gideon. Now we could, but, there's a lot of examples like this. Yeah, but what you're talking about, which is an interesting caveat here, right? In our identity, we are to know the things about ourselves that we are as believers, right? Right. One of those things is that we are heard. We are heard by God. But what you're talking about, which really brings up an interesting part of this particular how do I, how do I want to say it? This particular trait, character trait, characteristic that we have as Christians is not just that we're heard, but also, the, but that we need to hear, we mm-hmm. need to hear God. And then the second part of this, which I spoke about last week is there's hearing, but there's also listening, you know? So I think a lot of times as believers, yes, we, we need to also hear God 
We desire to hear God, but there's that component of then will we listen to God? Well, what do you want your relationship with God to be like? He wants it to be like with anybody else. If Christina talks to me and I just sit there in silence and don't talk back, I mean, that is just weird, right? She should want me to talk back. She shouldn't just say a bunch of stuff and run away. Right. Yeah. And then hope that I do whatever she asked me to do. Right. Right. We should have a relationship. And so when you come and petition God, it should not be just a one-way thing. And this is what I'm getting to. Sometimes we see in scripture, someone talking to God and God talks back and answers them. Simple. Right. That's great. Sometimes we see God talk back and tell people to do something that looks like it has nothing to do with what they prayed about. And yet it does. <laughs> and that's what he does with us all the time. Or the, it, or it looks crazy. Or that too. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I remember praying about something one year at a school that Christian, our son was in um, here in California. <laughs> and, I knew that there was corruption in the basketball program, in the athletic program, just like corrupt stuff was going on. Kids were not being treated fairly. And and I don't mean fairly where like everybody gets a trophy and everybody gets playing time. I'm not that parent. I believe in competition. I believe in capitalism. I think that kids have to compete. Life is difficult. It ain't easy. Everybody doesn't get a trophy. But it was beyond that. And so I was praying, you know, for God to deal with this one person. I think it was the athletic director or something. Anyway, the Lord, the Lord actually wasn't giving me what I wanted, which was fairness for my son. What he asked me to do, I don't know if you remember this, was to drive around the school every day. God wanted to bring the wall down the way that he brought the wall down when he told Joshua to march around the walls of Jericho. That's what I got, right? And I was like, really? really, God? Like, why? And you know what? And I remember the Holy Spirit said, because you're, I know you daughter, you're totally, I won't say totally obedient. I think what I got was you're, you'll be obedient to do this. Yeah. Cause I'd be lying if I said that the Holy Spirit told me I was totally obedient. (laughs) I know that's not true sitting here right now today. No. So it was kind of like this thing from the Holy Spirit though. Like He knew that I would do this crazy thing. And I have done other crazy things in prayer before because I now understand that God gives us crazy instructions sometimes. They seem crazy. I did my my thing. I drove the walls for seven days. Nothing ever changed while we were in the school. We ended up leaving the school, going elsewhere. Everything was great elsewhere. My son went on and has, has gone on to have an amazing life. However, a year after we left the school, the entire athletic department was all fired. The entire Uh department, the school cleaned house across the board. It was basically not just what I thought was going on. It was completely far reaching into every sport and like almost every coach and every person in the program. And so I realized then, and it was yet, yet another one of those things where God used a moment to teach me that if we will just understand that part of our identity is so rooted in our need to hear God and listen to God and be obedient, you know, part of our identity is that like there's power that comes in our obedience. And part of our identity is that it's not all about us all the time. Like God hears our prayer. He's got the answer to our prayer and the provision that we need. But what he may need from us in partnership with him is to do something that's further reaching than just that moment in time you think you're in. We were never, even if they'd done all these things, we would have never stayed at the school. We're going to leave. As it turned out, we would have left anyway. And as it turned out, thank God we left because it ended up opening up an amazing journey for my son and for us. At the end of the day, that journey also was spiritual. And Now that I actually think about it, that journey is why I'm sitting here today, even bringing you Girl Club 
passionately committed to Cynthia Garrett Ministries, bringing media and with th- that impacts the world with the gospel. Yeah, it's true. So my crazy driving around those walls, which I hoped was going to help me, had wow. nothing to do with helping me in that little moment in time. But at the end of the day, seven, ten to ten years later, it's saved. Yeah, it, it has wow. saved yeah. hundreds of thousands of people. That's amazing. I think that's just, it's just like yet another just like reality check. The whole this is not just about me well which i mean there is a portion of that that is really important of like going to lord and like you know like going to him and like you need to know that he loves you like you do you need to be like you know fully confident in that but from that point on it should only overflow you know to those around you yeah i I, that's that's a good point no it's true i i do and, and i think god is so faithful in the moments and the seasons where we just need to hear in some way from him that we're loved, that we're seen, you know, that we're not overlooked. Um, Well, look at Gideon. In in the end, he wins a war with these 300 guys. In the end, he has to look and say, my communication with the Lord was everything. Everything. He started off 30,000 to 130. Pretty much no shot. At winning. Yeah. With 300, he wins easily. And God gets all the glory. And his communication with with the Lord is the reason why. Mm-hmm. Without that, there is no outcome of the war that looked good. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, 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 it's interesting, uh, this particular identity marker for us as believers. The fact that we're heard by God. And the fact that we are, we also hear God, you know, we can hear God. You know, it's funny. I think about um, some of the people on television on, you know, uh, like Joy Behar, who's one of the co-hosts of The View here in America, which is a woman's daytime talk show. Um, she often mocks Christians when they say they hear God. I know she was doing it to somebody politically. I can't remember who, some politician He's obviously, he's a conservative politician. She's a liberal. So, you know, the conservatives and the liberals just, they, they, they live to mock each other. It's, it's kind of ridiculous. And I, I, I hate to say it, but I think, I think it's kind of like two wrongs don't make a right, but I kind of do feel like the Democrats started it when Trump won, but that's a whole other conversation. However, um, I just don't think we're very respectful of God in, in anything. And she often mocks people who say, I hear from God. She thinks it's like this crazy thing. But one of the identity markers of you as a believer is that you should be hearing God. We are made to hear from our father. He's our father. Doesn't he create us to hear from him? Doesn't he want us to hear from him? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I will, I will say though, that something that I struggled with, and I've been walking with the Lord for like 15 years now, is that I, in the beginning, I was struggling to hear God, I think, because I was surround, I was in a very, um, an amazing, flourishing, fiery, passionate prayer and worship context and like environment that it seemed like everyone heard from God. So as I was like growing my relationship with the Lord, I had to actually learn how God spoke to me. Like I knew how God spoke to my husband. I knew how God spoke to like people on the platforms or, you know, the person sitting next to me, they would have, people would like have these dreams or they would get visions or they would, you know, it was always something so cool. And I, I kind of, I can relate to people who maybe feel like they can't hear from God because for the longest time I discounted myself because I was like, well, I don't see things. I don't see anything. I don't hear anything. It's not like this cool experience. And it wasn't until like later on, like years later that I started noticing the way that God spoke to me and it looked nothing like anyone else did. And I actually just had like the, the privilege and the opportunity to get to talk to my son about, well, how does God talk to you? How do I, I can't hear him. You know, we had this conversation and I got to share with him how God talks to me, which is very different from how God talks to Roger, to Cynthia, to you, to my husband, to everyone else. And so I think even just 
if we could like talk a little bit about like how does God talk to each other? Because it isn't the way that you and I talk to each other. Like the way that we talk to humans is all the same. You know, yeah. I say words, you say words back. We can text, we can email, all that. But God's language to each individual is so unique to each individual. So maybe we can talk about about that a little bit. Because I, to me, back then, hearing from God was seemed so out there. And that's probably why Joy Behar is making fun of people. Because she has a very limited understanding of what that even means. She's going, oh, I yeah. can't hear God. Can you literally hear his voice? Do you literally see him? But that's, right. he's like interdimensional. He's like not just in like this little space that we can see, you know? That is Roger, so good. That. <laughs> yeah, that's so good and so true. And I got to throw this in there as you talk about this. Because one of the things we uh, learned, I guess, yesterday where we are in Genesis you know, we're, we're talking and, um, you were teaching me, Roger, you were telling me about how, when, okay. So I typically hate going through the genealogies in the Bible. I mean, it's just like, uh, you know, so-and-so begat, so-and-so who begat, so-and-so who begat Sheila, who begat John, who begat Jane and, and Shem and, and, and Marcy who begat Kelly and Christina and Terry who begat. And you're just like, I, okay, do these people matter? But so important, so full, so rich, because not only do each of those people matter, because each of those people become the cities and the regions of the earth, but also you realize in going through that, that language, language, okay, so we're talking about like language, right? We all started out with one language, one people. God had to, God separated us and divided us in Babel, right? In Babel. But think about what God did. We all used to speak the same language after the Tower of Babel that and that whole incident were because he said, be fruitful and multiply the earth and go create nations. Of course, man didn't want to listen to God and wanted to get together and let's just make one big tower to the heavens. Like, why should we go and live separated? Let's just all be here. Which, of course, you know what that was the precursor to. We're going to be so powerful. We're going to be God on earth. Okay, let me separate them. Let me send them all over the earth. Oh, and let me give them different languages. Now, when you actually study linguistics, this is crazy. Linguistics scholars have found that every language has a system, has a, has a, 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 a form like every language, but every language on the earth, where did it come from? God. God's got to really, really value our ability to communicate, not just with him, but to hear him communicate with us because he's actually the creator of language, languages. Right. That's so out there to me. So why would he not hear you? If he created the entire system of communication. For sure. And why would he not talk to us? And why also is it for sure? Why is it so hard for us to believe that he talks to us? Well, first of all, let's talk about how God can answer your questions. They say there's three ways God answers your question, which is yes, no, and wait. But I don't believe that. I believe there's four ways. It's yes, no, wait. And I already told you. Mm. anytime I've gotten the, I already told you and I pray and ask the same thing he's already answered. It usually means I'm looking for a different answer than I got. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And that's when I get silence. Yeah. Mm. Or torment. I get true. That could add a lot of things to it at that point. But I think what happens is when you're pushing against what God has already told you to do and you're praying again, God is not going to say anything. He's just going to sit there and wait for you to go. Um, did you already tell me this one? <laughs> but, and then when he does, he'll he'll tell you again at that point out of mercy. But how can we be sure? Because Hold if- on. I, I had a point. Though. Okay, go on. I'm sorry. <laughs> so because God wants to answer and because sometimes we experience nothing, we tend to go, oh, wait a minute. God's done this. No, he hasn't. You've done this. You've, you're the one that is not doing even the most basic thing that God already told you. Yeah. 
So you might be sleeping with your boyfriend or girlfriend, or you might be doing this or that, and God already told you what to do. And you're going, yeah, but I need to know about this. And God's going, no, you don't. You need to do what I told you. Mm-hmm. You can keep asking all the questions you want, but if he's already told you in your life what with the number one most important thing is, no, son, take care of your pride. And I don't want to take care of my pride. I want to just get answers from God. Well, I've changed our relationship then. I've right. now made it where he only exists for me. Wow. I no longer exist for him. Wow. And if, again, if Christina, you and I, we've been friends a long time now. If the only reason that the relationship existed, though, was just for me, you would go, I'm out of here. <clears throat> this isn't a real relationship. Right. So it plays into right where I started, which is Jeremiah 29, 13. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Mm. So now let's talk about how God communicates. Mm. Because the people that experience (laughs) silence or nothing. Christina and I are like, hold on a second. (laughs) Wait. (laughs) Yeah, right. Because you can't get there without starting where, where I just started. Right. Which is, if God's going to communicate, it's for a purpose. And if you're unwilling to do that purpose, then you don't have a relationship. Right. Wow. Dang. You're God and you're dictating to the one right. who made all things to be your slave. You're mm-hmm. a terrorist. What? I told you, you better give me what I want. Exactly. Yeah. And he will not be that. No. Yeah, that's for sure. Wow. So it's it, it, what, what, what. I have learned is that it's like taking the God, the creator, the most important thing in the heavens and the earth with all the answers to everything and saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just really need this part of what I need to know satisfied. And he's kind of going, no, you need to know everything else around that little part that you're seeking me for because you don't have a clue who I am. And if you had a clue who I was, you'd already know the answer to this little, small, insignificant question that you're asking me. And this is why, by the way, unforgiveness, mm. Christina, you know this very well in, in, yes. in, in your healing. Uh, all of us do, right? That God, when you start asking God uh, during your wanting to forgive people, it's some of the most clear communication you ever get. Oh, yeah. It's like instant. <laughs> It is. Am I am I not forgiving? Oh, you're not forgiving, daughter. It's true. In fact, it's funny. How you're not forgiving. <laughs> no, it's you're actually completely right, Roger. There are certain things that I ask, and immediately he tells me. It's do ne- you know the things that he never responds ever? <sighs> what do you want me to do with my life? Like, what's <laughs> the next step? He like, if it's ever like God. I know I need to like I need I know I need to repent. I know I need to forgive. You are so right. It's the next thing you know, it's like this person, that person, this situation. It's like magical. It's so spirit led. I don't even I barely even have to whisper anything. It's true. And it's like this person. It's been happening for the last three weeks. Literally, right now. It's true. That's why I'm like, you know what? God does speak and he does hear me because what let me tell you though when i repent and i forgive and i bless and and then i like worship i'm like oh wow you do hear because i feel so free i feel like i can love now i feel like all of a sudden everything's opening up that's why (laughs) yeah you're right you're right (laughs) he does speak and he does listen all the time it's but usually not what we want to talk about right (laughs) so right which is honestly Think about how it is with our friends, right? Like a lot of times, like I don't, like we, I don't just call you a lot of times or like when you and CJ come to visit and we go out to eat dinner and hang out, we don't like go, okay, let's go to dinner and talk about yellow napkins. We don't put limitations on it. We go out to hang out and talk, right? That's right. if you call, if you have a good friend, a lot of times you'll call them and say, Hey girl, what's up? A lot of times I call like my guy friends. Hey, hey, honey, what's up? You know, it's just a what's up? Like, what are you doing thing? What do you want to talk about? What's going on with you? Yeah. We don't do that with God. 
We don't. We go to him and go, I want to talk about this right now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't get to bring other stuff into it. I have an agenda for this conversation. Mm. Oh my gosh. And as it's coming out of my mouth, I, I, I repent. Like literally, it's like we, we've made God, we've put him in this relationship where in our identity as Christians, he's not our best friend. We don't even yeah. have a relationship with him like he's our best friend. And we're narcissists. Saying, we're we actually narcissists. are narcissists to the core. Listen to me. Do what I want. I don't care what you want. And then when he doesn't do what we want, then we gaslight him. Oh, well, this is all because of you. Blame. <laughs> right. We really should all just repent. Right. <laughs> it's true. We sh- That's it. We're just done today. For the next 15 minutes, we should just literally repent. It's true. And you know what's happening since we like, okay, so, you know, since, since I almost went crazy while Roger was having surgery the other day, literally just, just like meltdown. Um, we've been studying the word again, as I was saying. And so we're in Genesis and every, t- because, because there's this n- new level of commitment, like, okay, God, I just want to know you. I realize I don't really know you the way I need to know you. I need to know you. Like, I need to know you, God. I'm terrified that, you know, my husband was on an operating table and I almost went crazy. Like, I almost had a mental break from fear, being overwhelmed, you know, trying to pray like cuckoo bananas. And I realized the only reason that that could happen is because it was time for, you know, relationship, you know, 5.0. Now it's like, okay, you know. Right. So let's go. So the commitment was only to whatever you want to talk about. God, I'm here. Please just inform me. I will do anything, be anything, change anything, whatever. I'm at, I'm at the end of myself. I don't even have a self. Self is gone. Self is dead. And so we start studying. I've been, I've been weeping. I can't even study the Bible. I cry through like I'm reading it. It's like, it's so full and there's so much and he's talking in so many ways. And I'm just weeping through the whole Bible study time that we have together. And I'm, I'm sending stuff to the kids and they're like, Oh, this is so deep. Mama, where are you getting this? I'm like, it's just revelation. And I'm also reading this commentary and, and (laughs) it's so funny because it's like, no, you idiot. You're finally connected in to the one who created you. Oh, and not just you. You mean like you're, you're tiny. He created the heavens and the earth and man still cannot figure out how he created the heavens and the earth. We're still being blown away because we still have doubt that God could have done it. And in studying him, I realized that only God, Mm. only God only God could create the heavens and the earth and humans and only God could set in motion what is in motion. Yeah. That's what Sir Isaac Newton said. There's laws that govern the heavens. Therefore there must be a lawgiver. Yeah. Doesn't matter if there's a big bang. How come they're all following an order out there? Right. And who caused the Big Bang? Well, that definition of the Big Bang I love, best of all, says, first there was nothing, then it exploded. Into something, into the most vast, like, right, right. Nothing would not explode. So, yeah, like, it's it's just wrong. Yeah. First there was nothing, then it exploded. By the way, and then (laughs) evolution happened and out of rocks came us. And no, actually, like, it, was, it was like crystals with organisms that like, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's, 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 no, so it's absolute fantasy. And, uh, you know, look, there's no explosion in the history of explosions that ever created anything ordered. Mm-hmm. It creates chaos. Right. And destruction. It doesn't, Absolutely. it doesn't create. It, it doesn't create. It no, destroys. It destroys. So creates look, a mess. Anyway, we could go on for a long time about that. But yeah. look, explosions with guidance can do a lot. You can control an explosion and God can certainly control an explosion. He can even cause an explosion with uh, guidance. Right. Yeah. So with God guiding it, sure, of course. 
Yeah. Duh. But the idea that it happened all, first of all, that there was nothing and then it exploded anyway. We all know that time started when the universe was created. So everybody knows that. And so it's like, all right, so time started, everything blew up, and somehow we got this. It's just, you know, it's stupidity right. of times a billion. But anyway, so um, back to how we hear. So we know from scripture, there's a lot of ways, as you said. There's seers that see things. There's people that see things in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. There's people that see angels. There's people that see visions. There's people that have dreams. So there's a lot of, let's call it picture communication. And some of it's very real looking. Some of it's not real looking at all. Some of it's very like a TV show. And some of it's like a haze. And, you know, people get communicated to that way in different ways. But in general, Elijah, when he's in the cave, and it says that God was not in the earthquake, God wasn't in the fire, God wasn't in the tornado. But God was in a still small voice. One of the things you miss there is that God is the one who called him to the mouth of the cave. In other words, Elijah heard God in two different ways. Oh, wow. God, I never Elijah thought of that. In the back. And God says, go to the front of the cave. So Elijah goes in front of the cave. He sees the natural wonders, all destruction. And God wasn't in those. By the way, we blame God for those things all the time. In fact, insurance calls them act of God. But God says, I'm not in the tornado. I'm not in the fire. I'm not in the earthquake. Isn't that crazy? Anyway, yeah. then he hears a still small voice. And that is God. And that's mm-hmm. how he communicated with Elijah. If you're careful to read the whole story of Elijah, when he calls down fire from heaven, it's because God had told him to. We have to read it carefully to get it. He doesn't just willy-nilly call down fire from heaven. He does it because God told him to. You know what's so incredible about this mm-hmm. is that, you know, I mean, I mean, I is that not only are we heard, right? And we live in a nation where nobody's hearing anybody. We live in a world where no one's hearing anybody. We have more of a need to communicate with each other, to listen and hear each other than I've ever than I've ever seen in my lifetime. Nobody, everybody's talking, social media's yakking, but nobody's hearing or listening to each other at all. They're listening and hearing only what they want to hear, right? They're not listening across the board evenly and then hearing the truth of God at all. But what's so beautiful in all of this is that, and this is, this is kind of what I'm learning, is that not only in our identity as believers, our identity, not only are we heard by God, he gave us ears to do what? He gave us a mouth so we could speak to him, so we could praise him, so we could talk to him. But what are the ears for? So that we could hear from him. So that we can even hear each other. You know, if I never hear from you, Christina, I never know how you are. I need to hear from you. You know, I'm sitting here and I'm looking, um, going back, you know, power of a virtuous woman. You you know, it's funny because your situation is exactly mine. I so agree. I could easily see how God speaks to my husband and my children. But when it comes to me hearing God's voice, I couldn't discern the difference. Why is that? I, I think all of this is getting into the why that is, but that was exactly me. Like, God, you don't hear me. I mean, I, I can see how you speak to my husband and my son, but I don't know that you speak to me. I know he hears me. I know he hears me. I don't, I don't hear him speak to me. And it's interesting because even when we started study, I said, let's ask God every day to just speak to us. Well, where I really begin to get the most communicated with is once we start just studying the word of God. And that's where I start getting communication. And, you know, 
it's not always the communication I want, but you're right, you know, Christina, it is the communication that gives freedom and hope for today and for tomorrow. And um, and in there, I'm sure the communication I want or the specifics or whatever, I, I believe they all get handled because, you know, if God could handle all of the things he's handled, I'm sure my little, my little to-do list is nothing. So... Can we talk about the word for a minute? Jesus is called the word, right? Yes. Wow. Yet the word is called the word. Wow. They are interchangeable. Who is our foundation? Christ. Jesus said, what will I liken to a man that hears my word and does not do them? He's like a man who built his house on the sand. The winds came, the storms blew, and the house fell, and great was the fall of the house. But the man who listens to the word and does to my words and does them is like a man who built his house on a rock. And the winds blew, the storms came, and the house stood sure. So the word is your foundation. Because Christ is your foundation. The word is God. The word is, okay, I'm having a major, like my head exploding emoji moment because we always think of the word as something we have to read. I never think of the word as, no, the word is what you need to hear because I'm reading the word. No, you're going to hear the word as you read the word. Of course. Because the word is God and God is communication. He is instruction. He is what his word says he is. That's why it's the word you need to put in your, not in just in your ears, but in your mouth, in your, okay. I got it. So the word is the foundation. See y'all next week. Bye. <laughs> the word is the foundation we all build our house on. Right. Your house is different than my house, different than Christina's house. The foundation is the same foundation, though. Mm. If you don't have that foundation, you can't build anything that will stand. Yeah. Mm. You can't build a 10-story building on a crack foundation. It will fall. So if you want to build a great house, you build it on a solid foundation. The only foundation you can have is Christ. But Christ is the word. And if you don't have the word, you will not have a solid foundation. Yet, it's not, look, foundations aren't the things you look at and go, ooh, look at how unique that is. Mm-hmm. No, it's the support. And now you get to build all the unique. But without the support, there's nothing to hold it up. Yeah. So you have to lay the foundation properly. And without the word of God, you cannot do it. Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Yeah. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. <sighs> Honestly, I think we should just end right there this week because if you factor in the truth that in your identity, for all of you listening or watching, in our identity as believers, we are heard and he wants to be heard. We, we, we are created so we can also hear him. If you factor that scripture in with just that truth of your identity in Christ, then I should never hear any of us ever again say, God doesn't speak to me and God doesn't hear me. It is intricate in our function physically that we can speak to be heard and we have ears to listen and hear. And the essential component of God is that he is the word. And the critical thing in the Western church that we need to stop taking for granted is the fact that we're still free to read and hear the word of God. Mm -hmm. It's a gift that is critical to our identities. So anything that comes against it, we need to be ready to battle. You know, 
I just uh, thank you, honey. Of course. For my pleasure. Jumping in with us today. Nova and, uh, and Christina Boudreau are both uh, traveling on ministry trips this week. And, um, you know, Christina, you and I are, we're, we're old school, sit around and talk to Roger about all this stuff. So no, I, I know. I love it. it. It can't be bad. Let's just have it's it. good. Yeah, exactly. God is good. And as Salombra says, and this is where we'll end. And I thank all of you for um, watching and joining us or listening this week to Girl Club. Um, we are real girls having real talk about real issues while seeking to apply real faith. Thank you to Life Audio for hosting us. And to all of you out there, you can find a lot of other great programs on Life Audio. But I promise you, you won't find anything as unique as Girl Club. So please like us, subscribe, share us, join. Check us out through CynthiaGarrett.org. Support the work we do by helping us grow. And you can help us grow by sharing with your friends and telling, telling, make it a goal this week to tell two people about Girl Club. That would be a blessing to us. Um, But Salumbra says, and I have to, I have to share this. And this is where we'll close. At the end of the day, all that matters is what we do for Christ. He is our everything. And what's really amazing to me is that we're also his everything in so many ways. I'm Cynthia Garrett. Thanks for watching. Gotta jump. Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast. We're a theology and apologetics podcast. To find out more, subscribe at lifeaudio.com.